up, everybody? Welcome back to Boiler Up with Rachel Davis, brought to you by the Field of 68 Podcast Network. Today, we have a really special episode. We have two legends, two original members of probably one of the best teams of Coach Paint's career, one of the best teams in Purdue history, two members that graduated 2012, um, Purdue legends, Robbie Hummel, Lewis Jackson. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Going on, right? Good. I'm happy to be here with you guys. <laughs> but now, nah, fellas, I want to just go ahead and jump in. I know you guys both watch b- basketball, watch a lot of college basketball. What have you guys seen from this team, from, from this young team at Purdue? I know they're young. I know they kind of they remind me a little bit of you guys. Remind me a little bit of me when I was my junior season. But what what do you guys see with this team? Yeah, I, I, I would say that the youth is certainly what stands out. They've got some really, really good young players. Like Coach Painter has done such a good job of guys that not only fit, but are also, you know, highly skilled, I guess highly ranked, not that that matters, but guys that have gotten a lot of pub in high school and deservingly so and, and have come in and, and done a really nice job. And I think he's got a good mix of veterans and young guys. Jaden Ivey is so talented. He, he is so, so talented. And you look at like Brandon Newman. I, I saw Brandon play a decent amount in high school just because he was at Valpo and I went to school. And I've been so impressed with how much better he's gotten as, a, as an all-around player. Like I knew he could shoot, but defensively he's so much better. I think his basketball IQ is, is continuing to improve. Um, you know, he, he's really, really made strides. I'm really proud of Brandon for the, the job he's done. Um, and then you look at some of the other guys that they, they play big time minutes, you know, Mason Gillis, Ethan Morton played a decent amount or some last night, um, has kind of had a weird season cause he got sick and, you know, there's, there's so much depth already on this Purdue team. I feel like that somebody's going to be the odd man out. Um, mm-hmm. but, but Travion Williams is, is a great player. Um, he's skilled. I, I just think he brings so much to the table, um, Sasha Stefanovic is, is a big-time shooter. Um, they're certainly missing him. But I, I like this Purdue team. I think they're only going to get better. And I think that, you know, Payne's the right man to coach this group. And I just think that there's, there's a lot of pieces to really like with what they, uh, they've been doing. I mean, Rob pretty much hit it on the head with everything he said. I think um, the biggest thing for me just watching that team, I think about practice. Like, Ray, when you talk about the teams that we kind of played on, I know Rob can speak on it. Just the competition level in practice, it, it made it so much tougher because, like Rob said, guys can, in a sense, get lost in the mix, not in a bad way, but you have to show up every day. You got to keep putting that work in. And I like to see it on Twitter. You see Jay Nivey, Brandon Newman, you Travion, you see those guys, even after games, they're starting to get up more shots. So you just know that competition level is going to keep those guys – continue to get better and better. And just for young guys to get that experience in the Big Ten, mixing with Eric Hunter and Sasha, it, it's a great nucleus, especially for those young guys, because now all they continue to do is build and build. So next year, that light bulb for Jay Ivey, Brandon Newman, Gillis, all those guys is going to continue to click. And the more confidence they have, I think, you know, the sky's the limit. And obviously, any team Coach Payne is coaching, I believe, can win a Big Ten championship. And I like the youth. So we got years with these guys that can continue to build. What's it like coming in? Because not, not everybody know. I know both of you can kind of speak to it. What's it like for those young guys coming in as freshmen and coming in, not only expected to play, 
but expected to produce and expected to win. What's that like, Lou? I know, especially for you, Lou, you came into a situation where Robbie and those guys, they had just won a lot of games. So now, in, although they were young, they're still expected to win. What's that like being a freshman in a group like that? Oh, man, it's tough because when you come in, obviously, from your high school career, most of us, we come in as the man. So you still want to be able to produce, but now you're coming in, you're seeing other guys as skillful. So you got to find your niche. You got to find out how can you help this team win. And for me, I remember just, I always think about it now, like I remember being in the huddle from the first day I got there, we were stacking it up saying Big Ten Championship. So you just always want to make sure you were you were on your square. You want to make sure you wasn't the guy guys looked over, especially me playing with Rob, Etwan, and Juwan, Kramer, I, Keaton, all those guys. Like I want to make sure they trusted me and earned their trust, and they knew I was going to go out there and compete, lay it on the line. And even with the fans, you know, you get the expectations. Fans want to see certain things, so most freshmen put pressure on yourself because you want to just want to make sure everybody knows you belong and, and you know those guys are supporting you yeah I, I felt like coach painter really empowered myself etuan scott and juan as freshmen like we had the green light to shoot if we if we had an open shot by all means he was like shoot the basketball you know go make plays and it was different you know lewis talked about how there was already some guys established we've been winning some games and certainly we we needed lewis because we didn't have anybody like him. You know, we didn't have anybody that was as athletic and as fast and could make plays and set the table for other people. Like, you know, Keaton was good at that, but Keaton was a defender, great three-point shooter. You know, I think you look at Etuan, big-time score, not looking to make plays for other people as much, maybe, or maybe at all at times. Um, but that wasn't his deal in college. You know, now he's totally different. Now he's like, you know, he understands what is – what he needs to do to stay on the floor. And I really commend Etuan for kind of just changing with whatever has been needed of him. You know, at Purdue, we needed him to score. So, but I do think that, you know, that my freshman year, there, there was some rocky roads. Like we, we certainly finished this, the, the year really well and we won a bunch of games and got to the second round of the NCAA tournament. But, you know, we lost to Iowa State in Las Vegas who got last in the Big 12. And then we Ooh. followed it up and beat Missouri State by, like, one point. Like, the, a dude missed a layup at the buzzer that would, would have beaten us. Um, you know, it was not like it all went well. We come home, and we're having a practice. This is actually insane. Uh, Lewis, I wish you were there to experience this, but we had a practice after we got home from Vegas. And we, we're not playing well. Things aren't going well, obviously. And this is the only time that I think this happened – when I, in my time at Purdue, but Coach Painter kicks us out of practice. This is leading up to Florida International, who's got this dude named Alex Galindo, who played at Kansas and transferred to Florida International. And Paint kicks us out of practice. And instead of like, usually you get kicked out and it's like hit the showers, go home, right? He literally kicks us out and says, be back here at like 7.30, ready to practice again, which is like the worst thing you can, you can have happen, right? Like there, that's... You want to be done. I'm sure the assistants were so, like, they had to be like, we were 45 minutes away from being done with this shit. And now we got to come back and stay. And so we get back and thank God, thank God that Scott Martin was, he was super unhappy at the time with his role. And I think, I don't know if he like 
threatened to leave. There, there was a meeting of the minds. Like Scott's dad came down, and Scott wasn't at the practice. And uh, because of that, Coach Painter wasn't at the practice. <laughs> so actually, the second practice became like, you know, Coach Lusk and Coach Martin are running it. We were like working on like alley-oop wops and shit. Like, it, it was not what it was going to be. If, if Coach Painter had been there, man, he would have killed us. Like, it, but that's, you know, then we, then we play Florida International the next game. And we come out and we're like 13 minutes into the game and we're losing 17 to zero. 17 Damn. to zero. Remember, JJ missed the front end of a one and one at like the 10 minute mark. And like the, the audible like groan from the crowd was so loud. It, it, it was not a good time. Like, certainly oh the, the ship got righted and we figured it out. But man, it was not, while we were very empowered, it was not easy 100% of the time. There were some really tough moments there as well. What clicked for y'all? Like you say, you say some things got right. It that is a phenomenal that question. I, I'm not, I really don't know. Like we're playing terrible against Florida International. We end up coming back and winning the game. Thank God. Cause I can't even imagine what practice would have been like if we lost to them. And then we played, I want to say we played Michigan after the new year and found a way to beat them. You know what? We went up to East Lansing and I actually, I, I got super sick at practice and did not play in the game. I was throwing up. I was up all night. It's probably one of the sickest I've ever been. And we played great. I want to say green had a really good game. I think Etwan made some shots and we were in it at the end and we ended up losing, but it, it really gave us some, some confidence. And I will say the big 10, that, that's not one of the stronger years that, that the conference has had. I think we only had like four teams go to the NCAA tournament. So we, we were able to gain some confidence. And I also think, you know, Etwan for like the first month or two of that freshman year did not look like Etwan Moore. I, I thought the conditioning had just totally zapped his legs. And I'd seen him a good amount. You know, I'd seen him in high school. We were AAU teammates. So I, I'd seen Etwan play a ton. Um, we played against each other actually in middle school a decent amount. Um, but you could just tell like the way he was running, it looked like he was running in like quicksand. Like he was running, but he wasn't moving anywhere. And I think he, he kind of found the ice bath and that, that certainly helped him. And he, he found a way back to, to feeling semi-normal, you know, as normal as you can be during a, a college basketball season. So he started playing a lot better and just every win just built confidence. And then all of a sudden you're, you're beating Wisconsin at home and they're rushing the floor and we're going up to the Madison and winning at the Cole center. Um, and two nights later, beating Michigan State, who were both top ten teams, like it, it, it escalated really fast from like we were terrible to we were like really good. I I really don't know what the answer is to that question. What What were some things that What were some things that you guys had to do during that transition to not get ahead of yourselves? I know one thing Paint always says is don't get emotionally drunk. So what were some of the things that you guys? Because you guys are young, like this team now. They win a big game and then they come back and then they'll start the next game not as well. They may come back in the second half. But what were some of the things that you guys did that once you guys started rolling, rather be towards the end of the season or even going into the next season, kind of talk about your preparation level once you started winning games. Then, Lou, talk about when you came in, kind of what you saw from those guys, the baby boilers, kind of how they went about it, how it was an easy transition for you to come into it.
You don't want Rob to answer the first question? Go ahead, Rob. I thought he said, thought he said Lewis. <laughs> I asked two. He, got, he asked a double. Oh, so you want, sorry, Rafa, what, what, what was the first oh, yeah. part? No, I just talked about, I just asked for you, when y'all started winning those big games, like you said, y'all wanted the co-center, then y'all came back and went to Michigan State. As freshmen, how were you able to keep going? Because I know this team now, they may win a big game, but then they may come back out and be flat the next one. Yeah, I think Coach Painter and Coach Lusk and, and, and Coach Martin all were really good about keeping our focus on the prize. And that was winning the league. And unfortunately, you know, we beat Wisconsin twice and they won the league at 16 and two. And nobody else beat them the rest of that, that whole year. So um, I think that we had a, a really mature group for that age that, that understood that, like, you know, beating Wisconsin is great. But that's not the, the main goal of the season, right? Like, it's to get a good seed in the NCAA tournament. It's, you know, to, to win the Big Ten championship. Um, so I just – I feel like – and certainly, like, we were really happy when we won those games. Like, there was certainly celebrations and, like, guys were hyped. And I, I do think that we had a, a group of guys that even though we hadn't been through it before, you know, the leadership was really good with Keaton and, and Chris. You know, those two guys were really, really good for all of us because they'd been on a winning team from the year before that, that, that takes a Florida team that's one of the best probably in the last, you know, 20, 25 years of college basketball. And, and I played with Corey Brewer in the NBA. And he was like, dude, that was the toughest game we had. And that's the that's a second-round game. You know, you're talking about beating, like, Ohio State with Greg Oden and Mike Conley. And, you know, that's saying something. So I, I thought that those two guys set the tone um, really for our group. And then everybody just kind of followed suit. You know, no, nobody lost their minds over those wins. But we – I'm actually, I'm not totally sure that we maybe in the moment even understood, like, how crazy it was to, to beat a top-10 team. We just kind of expected to do it. And I think part of that was Etwan and Scott and I had played AAU together. And you, if you think about, like, our class and – I know Lewis can attest to this because he appreciates how good the class of 2007 actually is and how good SYF was. <laughs> but I, I will say that, like, you know, getting to college, it was an adjustment. But we'd been playing against some of the best players, you know, not just in the country that year, but, like, you're talking about Derek Rose, like total Ooh. freak of nature athletically, or Eric Gordon or Kevin Love or Kyle Singler or – you know, Michael Beasley, like that's the top five dudes in our class. And you're getting yeah. in the buddies and there's like Evan Turner, you know, like there, there's like, like Blake Griffin and, and James Harden and DeAndre Jordan. And like the list just goes on and on and on. So Lewis can debate yeah. whether 08 was better, but we no. know it wasn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that that really helped us too. That's real. That's real. <laughs> I won't debate about the class 07. Arguably, probably might be the best class to come out. I know definitely for me, I would agree. 07, top to bottom, talent wise, phenomenal. Here, but now, <laughs> SYF versus Indian Elite, the 08 Indian Elite. Now, that's the argument that we had probably through our whole career. It's I been think. raging since since 08. This argument, yeah. battle, this argument since 2008. Who's better? <laughs> They were, they were top heavy. They were top heavy. And probably, you know, you got Etuan, Rob, Scott. And I don't want to disrespect the other two starters because they definitely had a nice starting five. 
But our bench. Luke Herringo is a great player. Now we're that's starting. That's starting yeah. to mix in two okay. different seasons. Scott didn't really up until July that first year. But yeah, Luke. Luke's an All American. Ty Appleton went to Kansas. I can't knock it. You know, we DeAndre, <laughs> Tyler Zeller, North Carolina, Emmanuel Negadu, Tennessee, Respect. Purdue, Matt uh, Walter off at Ohio State. It, he was what the number one eighth grade player in the nation at one point. Like, Walter, Walter Offit might have had one of the greatest defensive performances on Ryan Smith that we have ever seen. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, let's not let's not do this. Let's not, let's not forget the arch nemesis, Zach Novak, Michigan. Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it was Did you really just throw him in there with those other players. I mean, Zach was tough, man. In that in that year, solid in that, player, solid, yeah, solid, I mean, you're I, solid, solid. solid. You know, you gotta get. <laughs> I mean, he's not Tyler Zeller all American level, but he's no, player. no, he's not Tyler Zeller at all. Not Tyler Zeller. Uh, BS hunger. We had three seven footers. You, know, you guys don't... were huge. That would have been a problem for us. Your your size would have definitely been an issue for us. I was the shortest guy. It was the rest of our starting lineup. I think went <laughs> six five and up after that. Yeah. Hey Lou. Hey Lou, man. <laughs> I like how you st- I like how you said I was the shortest guy. Like I was gonna be surprising. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, technically, the coach's son was was shorter than me, but he didn't play, so I, I I'm not gonna throw. Right? But I, was, I, I, was, I will say that Lewis might have been the shortest dude, but he was hanging on rims in AAU. I remember yeah, watching I that mixtape before he before he got to Purdue and being like, "God damn, this dude's gonna be on our team. This is great." <laughs> He's five eleven and dunking the shit out of the ball. I didn't. I didn't realize until I got to college how small I was. Cause AAU, like you said, I was hanging on rims. High school, I was hanging on rims. Then I got to college, I started hanging out with you and Juwan. Like each one was bigger than me, but if you were six four and under, I looked at you like you were close to my size. But I took a picture with Juwan one day, and I never posted it on Facebook because I was coming up to like y'all stomach, and I was like, shit, I'm short. <laughs> But, but we, yeah. oh, hey, may have been short, but you knew exactly how to use your size. You, you, no doubt. you, you maximize, you maximize your stuff, Lou. You, you, you'd be great. You're, I like how you spent that. I like that, Rob. <laughs> hey, Rob, I'm curious how, because I know you guys just talk about, you know, SYF, India Elite. I was a speech guy. So, why, I, I talked with Lou about this a couple weeks ago. But for you, what made you, what made Purdue? be the one for you because I know like you just said you play with Etuan, you play with Scott you and Scott were kind of similar positions so it kind of made you decide I'm gonna go with Purdue and I'm gonna see what happens and were yeah, you being I mean, Scott and I were definitely yeah yeah um Scott and I were definitely similar size but I think our games were very different like like in high school I, I played point guard for our high school team a lot of the time and Scott was more of like our honestly center he posted a bunch and he could shoot it, and he could handle it. But, like, you you should have seen Scott Martin play in high school the way he scored the ball. Like, he, he was really effective around the basket. And then he'd take those bigger guys outside and just – I mean, he averaged 23 a game, you know. He, he, he was really, really good. So, um, I, I I was recruited by a decent pool. I had, like, 15 or 16 offers. Um, the ones I was most considering would have been – you know, I kind of done to, like, six. And it was Valpo. I grew up a diehard VU fan you know, because of Homer Drew and, and Bryce. And I was a ball boy for like, you know, four or five years. Um, so VU, Purdue, Indiana, 
Iowa, Northwestern, NC State were like my six that I was really, really considering. Um, and then I had some like random offers, like Miami, Florida um, offered me. <laughs> I, I have no idea why. I think they were offering like everybody that was ranked in the top like 80 of the class. <laughs> they just were throwing offers out. Um, you know, I got an offer from Arizona State after Herb Sendak left NC State. But really, when I look at my recruitment, everybody started kind of falling by the wayside. Like Indiana, Mike Davis is recruiting me. Honestly, does a great job. Like he offered me to Lee Camp. Um, this is like a storybook type deal. Like I played really and he takes me out the half court of his hall and like basically is like, look at these banners and like offers me a scholarship, <laughs> which is like, I mean, if you're thinking about Indiana, like how perfect is that for like their narrative? Um, you know, and then, so he gets fired and they hire Kelvin Sampson and he recruited us, but he didn't have a, a he didn't have enough time to build relationships with me, Etwan, Scott, you know, it just, he was there for like a month and a half and, and I, I just didn't, I didn't feel it like that with, you know, it was, it was a weird situation for sure. Um, NC state Herb Sendak up and just leaves. I think he was sick of recruiting against Carolina and Duke. Um, so they kind of fall by the wayside, go out West because he offered me to Arizona state, but um, I really didn't want to play in the PAC 12. And then uh, with VU, like, man, I, I cried on the phone with Homer drew. I called him and I told him I'm not coming. And I was so sad. Like Bryce was an assistant. Bryce and Michael Jordan were my two favorite players. Oh. <laughs> so like when he's an assistant coach, like, I mean, I, you know, Bryce played at my high school, uh, five-year-old kid. My parents took me to the state finals and I watched, I, I'm not sure I actually remember it, but like, you know, I was in the building to watch the game. Um, I'm a ball boy. I could tell you, what I was holding, where I was at, who I was with when Bryce made that shot miss. Like they were a big part of my, like my growing up. So I, I used to look up the, uh, the RPI. You guys remember CBSSportsline.com? Like when dial up yeah. internet was the thing you guys ever get on. Okay. Lewis, you know, right. So I'd get Ray on CBSSportsline.com. What's that? I said Ray might be too young for that. Yeah, I think he is. They, they kind of switched <laughs> it out once Ray was in the high school. Yeah, no, I didn't have that. Uh, but I would get on there and I'd tie up my parents' internet for like hours and I would just look up stuff about like VU. And I'd be like, I'd look at the RPI. I didn't know what the RPI was, but I knew it was a ranking system. They had the AP and the coaches pulled in there, the RPI. And I would get so pissed because VU would go on like a two game road trip and beat like UMKC and Southern Utah, who were both in the, in the midcon, and they'd go down. <laughs> I'd be like, we freaking won. How can we go down in the RPI? Not understanding that strength of schedule was a huge part of that. So like I I was really, really upset calling Homer Drew. And he was he could not have been nicer to me when I told him I was not coming to school that. Like yeah, some coaches you call them. I had an assistant coach literally just hang the phone up. <laughs> I was like, dude, I was, I was doing you a favor by calling. Like I was being nice. Um, click. So how nice to me, you know, he, he was, and if they had been going to the tournament more, I mean, I, I might've done it. Like I loved them. I, I really, so I, uh, I was recruited by a decent amount, but at the end of the day, like each one and I and a, you had talked about kind of playing together and, you know, once everybody committed, Juwan was first and each one and I committed and then the, the pressure was on Scott to do it, you know, um, certainly there, there, I think it came down. I want to say Coach Painter had offered Scott and Matt Howard for that spot. Mm. And I think both of them wanted to come. 
Matt might not say it now, but at the time, I, I don't think he was necessarily like a Butler lock. So the pressure certainly was on there. And, um, you know, it, it was just – Payne did a good job recruiting us, honestly. And so did Zoe and so did Coach Lust. Those three were, were really, really involved with us the whole time. What separated Paint? Like, I know you said relationships with IU. And I know maybe just the the platform, I guess the level of Valpo wasn't where you wanted. But what separated Paint from other coaches, I guess, that you were talking to or other coaches that you knew? He was really honest. You know, the first time I visited Purdue, um, he did not offer me a scholarship. He, uh, But he told me why. You know, there, there's there's ways to go about doing this. And, like – the way he did it, I wasn't upset at all. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm going into my junior year. Um, I had a really good sophomore season. I, I'm coming off a pretty good AAU year. This is probably like, actually, this is in the spring probably after my sophomore season. So I hadn't really even hit the AAU circuit yet. And uh, I visit Purdue and he's got an offer out to a kid named, uh, I want to say Mar Marcus, Marcus Johnson out of Fort Wayne. Is that right? Mm, Marcus yeah, Johnson, Marcus Johnson. Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. top on our kid, good player. I'd seen him some. Um, he, had a, he had a good high school teammate too. What was his high school teammate's name? Uh, Ryan Sims. Yes. And they played for his dad, right? Yep. Ryan Sims is a yeah, coach yeah. at PFW now. Oh, okay. Nice. So yeah. So R Ryan Sims and, and Marcus Johnson are on the same high school team. And uh, Payne was basically like, we really like you. But I've got this offer out to Marcus Johnson, and he's a year older than you, but you guys are pretty similar position-wise. So if, if he takes it, I'm not sure I'll have a scholarship. But if he doesn't, we're going to keep recruiting you, and, and we'll see how it goes. Now, that, that's in stark contrast to another Big Ten school who didn't recruit me and told me that I wasn't good <laughs> enough to play in the Big Ten. <laughs> so you think about, like, how differing those are, you know, and that's where you leave that recruiting visit, and you're like, a simple no would have sufficed. Uh, like a simple, we're just we're, we're recruiting other people. We'll be in touch, you know. Not oh just God. not just tear apart my game, but right. you know, paint paint played it really smooth, and um, I I thought he just did a really good job um, because I my recruitment with Purdue wasn't I would say the smoothest sailing ship. Like I uh, I visited uh, as a junior, like going into my junior year. So I've got a full year of AEU under my belt. And me and Juwan, even though we didn't know each other well, happened to be visiting the same football weekend. So we're playing pickup um, before the football game. And <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> and me and Juwan are on a team. I forget who the other three were. I want to say Hartley was on the team and two other guys. And we're, like, winning. Like, usually the recruits are on a team in open gym and they're getting, you know, you, you lose and then you keep the recruits out there. But we were actually winning games. And I get a steal, and Nate Minoy chases me down and tackles me into the bleachers. I want to dunk this thing. He literally smokes me, like smokes me into the bleachers. And I'll never forget this. Gordon Watt, who was a freaking man-child, like 6'5", looked like a bodybuilder. I mean, the strongest person I've ever played basketball against. Ever. At that time, like – I mean, you do rebound war against him, and he would just pick you up from under your freaking armpits and just drive you like a sled to the rim, right? Like, he was a beast. Gordon Watt runs up from behind and goes, welcome to the Big Ten, bitch. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dude, I'm never going to Purdue. <laughs> I will never go to Purdue. And 
to, to Coach Painter's credit and Coach Luff's credit, um, they definitely smoothed the situation over. Because I was like, dude, there's no way. There is no way I'm going there. And one year later, I'm committing to Purdue. <laughs> so. That's hilarious. That's funny as fuck. Uh, this is tough, man. I think I heard that story before. <laughs> I mean, how do you treat a recruit like that? Like, you're going to tackle him <laughs> into the bleacher? What does that say about me that I was like, yep, Purdue it is. Fuck <laughs> Purdue. I wonder, I wonder come into this. I was, I was so upset. Like, I remember my AU coach was so mad. He was so heated. Like, he was not pleased about that. And, and rightfully so. Like, you can't be, you can't be tackling dudes into the IAF bleachers to prove a point and pick up. That's funny. But you end up at Purdue. Lou, you get to Purdue. What's, what's one of those games when you guys are looking back at the time when y'all played together? What's one of those games that sticks out to you, Lou? What's one of those that moments where you will remember and one of those atmospheres that you just love to go and play? You fed out. You said when me and Rob played together? Yeah, when you guys played together, what was one of those games that you guys can remember? Um, Honestly, I think it was actually my sophomore season, and I just was coming back off an of injury, and it was the first time we all played together. And I know we went 7-0 and in that stretch, but we were at Michigan State. Michigan State's always tough, and we just dominated Michigan State. And I just remember the atmosphere was crazy and just kind of looking over and it was like, yeah, we're, we're going to win the Big Ten. Like, if we were healthy the whole year, probably nobody would have beat us. And I think the second game that probably stick out the most just because it was special my freshman year when we played Washington in the Sweet 16 game in Spokane. So it was basically like a road game. Gonzaga was there. We were there. But Isaiah Tom, Thomas, it was Quincy Pondexter, Dexter, um, Justin Dittman, John Brockman. Uh, John Brockman was Brock really good. Yeah, Holiday didn't even get up. Justin Holiday didn't even play. He just on the bench. But just that atmosphere and to win that game to get us to go to the Sweet 16, it was that was probably one of the funnest games ever. It was like a real role game in a tournament. Both of those are really good. Um, I remember at Michigan State after we beat them. And the way that Etwan took the game over late, because yeah. I mean, they came roaring back, and man, Etwan made every play down the stretch, like just just totally took the game over. And I remember thinking after that, like, dude, we are legitimately good enough to win and go to the Final Four. Um, because we think about the wins we had. You've got Tennessee, who's a top ten team on a neutral floor, beat them in the Virgin Islands. We beat West Virginia and my man Deshaun <laughs> Butler by a bazillion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about you, Deshaun. Uh, <laughs> and then we went at we went at Ohio State and they've got the national player of the year. They're a top ten team. Um, and then won at Michigan State. I think mm -hmm. that, that season was really special because we win in Ohio State, we win in Indiana, we win at Michigan State. Yeah. And we win in Illinois. Like you talk yeah. about doing that. Yeah. That, that's Especially like outside of IU, those other teams, Illinois is an NCAA tournament team. Michigan State is a top ten team. Ohio State is a top ten team. Like those are those are big time atmospheres. So I it's hard to pick. The West Virginia game was definitely really special, uh, crowd wise at Mackey. Yeah. Um, I agree with Lewis. The Washington game was awesome. Um, just the feeling of flying on the plane after that, man. Like we were, we didn't have to we weren't coming home because we were out west. We just stayed out there, flew right to Phoenix, 
um, the, the plane had direct TV on it, which I, at yeah. that time I thought was like the sickest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> they had TV on the plane. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, you know, and I'm thinking about the other games, like with Lewis, like, I, I think beating Michigan at Michigan, the year, they yeah. won the Big Ten that year. Uh, my fifth year, Lewis's senior year, was pretty cool. They had Trey Burke, um, mm. Tim Hardaway Jr. They were undefeated. They were undefeated yeah, at home. Hadn't, hadn't lost at home. That was really good. I mean, it's hard to pick. Like, there's so many games you could pick from. Uh, one I would not pick would be Duke, sophomore year. <laughs> that I was, was, I was there for that one. <laughs> oh, man. The way oh, we, man. You should have seen the film session the next day. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, my God. My feelings might still be hurt. I had to call Paul Lusk and be like, man, I don't know if I'm any good. He had taught me back up. I was, I was crushed. Oh, man. Remember when we lost to Northwestern my freshman year and senior night and Marcus Green comes in the locker room. Man, Joe, man, y'all ruined my senior night. Y'all did that on purpose. Y'all just blew. <laughs> like, what? Like, you Yo, think that is perfect? one of the all-time, it's one of the all-time funniest things I've ever seen. Green was controversial <laughs> at the end of that sophomore year. He did that where he, he blamed the sophomores for ruining his senior year. And then at halftime of the Big Ten Tournament Championship, I swear to God, he farted and then blamed somebody else, and there was almost a fight in the locker room. Guys were ready to fight each other over this. Like, And it's like, what are we doing? Oh, we need to be talking about how we're going to guard Evan Turner and how we're going to stay tight with John Diebler, not worried about who farted at halftime. And then think about this, Lewis, Sweet 16 game, we're playing UConn. <laughs> We're right there, and him and he's yelling at Etwan about the way Etwan played in the first half. And I thought Etwan's gonna like literally fight him. Like I was like, this is this is insane. I love Marcus Green; he is hilarious, but he did some some wild stuff his senior year. You gotta have a teammate like that, though. Great, you got him, to. him and C Reed. Him and C Reed kept that team so light, man. That 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 was those two guys are are really really funny. That's yeah, funny. that's hilarious. So, so look, Rob, I want to talk to you too because I know I always like to ask this. I ask this to Lou too. What's it like playing at Mackey? What's it like going there and playing in front of 14,123, the paint crew, counting turnovers? What is that like? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that it's one of the best home court advantages in college basketball. And I'm not sure it gets that recognition. It's certainly gotten more. Um, than when we were playing. I think now today it's more nationally recognized as being one of the big time venues. But like Lewis can attest to this, like when we were playing, the video game was big, NCAA yeah. basketball. And they like ranked the top 25 venues. And if, if you're playing one, like if you're playing as Illinois and you're at home, you could start like mashing L2 and R2. Yeah. And it would be like, the stadium is like lifting up, like, you know, like it would, and Purdue wasn't even ranked which Ooh. I thought was crazy because I was like, dude, our atmosphere is equally as good as Illinois or like right, you know, Michigan, right. Michigan State's great, but I'd put Purdue right up there with the Breslin Center or Assembly Hall or, or any of the places in the Big Ten. Um, I, I think the fans are really knowledgeable. I think they have a really good understanding for what good basketball is and guys that play hard and kind of embrace that Purdue mentality. Um, the paint crew was was – amazing and i'm not sure i like it split but man it, it was really cool when you'd come out and you would you'd run out of the tunnel especially for like a big game like i think about the duke game the duke atmosphere 
like you said you were there right phil mm-hmm. it was amazing mm-hmm. for the first like for for the hour build up to the game and then the first like 30 seconds and then it just <laughs> time like, out like, that sucked like after that it was terrible um yeah. but like you run out and you're looking you know towards that end of the floor and like dude it's just a wall of students like it, it's it's really intimidating and it's really cool i think to see and now it's it's still really cool with with on both ends, they can kind of like interact, but I really liked it when it was just on top of the opposing visitors bench. Yeah, you know, it, it was certainly intimidating the teams, um, but it, it's a it's a phenomenal place to play. I think it's a bucket list type place for any college basketball fan. And man, I, I haven't been anywhere else for a big game. I take that back. I did a game at Kansas two years ago, and I, I was like, whoa. It was for Kansas, Kansas State. Both teams were in the top mm. 10. It was the year they had Dean Wade at Kansas State and Barry Brown. They won the league. But, I, man, my, my ears rang for, like, two days. Fog Damn. Allen is, like, the one place I think I've been where I've been like, this might be better. Uh, but mm. other than that, I haven't been to any places that are better than Mackey. What about you, Lou? Talk about being a freshman coming in into an arena where you're being supported from just playing hard. You don't really have to score the ball. You can get a five-second count and the roof can blow. Man, it's, it's crazy because, like Rob said, it like you forget where the paint crew used to just be together. And I was the first guy to run out the tunnel. So my first time running out the tunnel, like I was just nervous running out the tunnel. Like, dude, don't trip. Don't miss the first layup. Like, the crowd is going crazy. It's like, but you look forward to it. Like, me knowing I'm running out to the tunnel and you hear the crowd just get excited is, it's nothing like it. Then for a guy like me, like, and this is weird. Even when we did the first alumni game, the fans appreciated how much I jammed the ball. I got up there once just playing with Bobby Riddell, just picking with buckets because we used to always do it. Bobby had and, PTSD from this. He, he didn't know what to do. And the crowd literally rubbed it. And it's just like, I remember after games, fans would be like, man, I, I appreciate the hustle, the dives, the back screens. And it, it just made you appreciate playing for the fans so much more and wanting to win because they do. They notice the little things. And I don't think a lot of college basketball fan bases really – and I can't say a lot, but it's a certain few that really understand the game. And our fans, they see everything. They, I mean, they get crazy about charges. You rarely see big-time universities get crazy about charges and deflections, you know, rewarding the defense. So I've always – fueled off of that just because the crowd appreciate not only your bucket but the hard work and hard effort we did when we laid it out there on the line. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So thinking about talking about playing in the atmosphere to now these guys they don't have that. They can't run out there. They can't well first before we get there, I want to just throw out this. I want the paint crew to listen because we got two obviously two legends. So I think the paint crew should go back to how it was too. Cause I um I know what you guys are talking about. That's when I would come to games. And that's when it'd be right there on top of the bench. I never realized that they ended up splitting. I never even put that together. So I think the intimidation factor of being right behind their bench, there's no way they can even hear themselves in the timeout. So I like that. I like that idea. But moving on, (laughs) I just want to like throw out that idea back to the paint crew. But, um, But no, for the team now, they don't have any fans. They're in an empty arena. Rob, I know you're covering you're covering games. Do you think that's to the team's advantage for a young team, or do you think that hurts a team not being able to feed off of the crowd's energy? You know, prob- 
probably, I mean, at home, it certainly hurts them because you would, it's such a momentum booster, you know, you're, you're going on the road and some guys, I think, especially experienced teams, they thrive on that road atmosphere, but there's certainly a lot of times where like, you've seen some results this year. Like let, let's talk about, uh, I want to say it was Texas went to Kansas and just blitz blitz Kansas, you know, it, that probably doesn't happen. I just feel like that's not going to go down because I, I just don't see how they're going to have something like that happen in that building. And I think Mackey is kind of a, a safety net too. You know, I, I do think that it's worth a couple buckets. I think it's probably worth a couple calls. Um, yeah. So I, I think the home games, it certainly hurts them, but it evens out because you're playing 10 road games too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that experienced and, you've been through it, then those road atmospheres can help you too. But there is something to be said, regardless of how old you are, when you're playing a game and you literally cannot hear yourself think, you know, like it it is. And that's probably the the toughest thing about like retiring from playing is like, you know, this is over. You're never Mm going to feel that again Um, because it is a cool feeling, you know, whether it's for the positive or for the negative. so I think it probably evens out. I think at home it probably hurts them, and on the road it probably is helping them because they're young. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I think I just think about certain games. I've seen guys on our team in Mackey, you miss a shot, and just to hear the fans go, "Oh," mm. and you know, like I've seen guys get you know disappointed because like, like not trying to miss this shot. Like I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> But the positive side is, like, you know, you get three stops in a row at Mackey, and it just erupts. And it just you just feel off of it. And the opposing team, now they're scared to take that next shot. That that bad shot they just took, that guy's not quick enough to take the next shot because he know, like, man, I just missed it. Somebody's yelling air ball. The crowd is pumping up. They just scored. So, I mean, it's always an advantage. But like Rob said on the road, that is a benefit because now you don't have those fans heckling you, doing research on you as well. You know, because always a guy on the road, he's got something on you. And I done heard some funny things on the road, but <laughs> <laughs> you got to counterbalance it out. So, you know, it just it, it'll help you with your confidence. And then you look forward to going to Michigan State, Ohio State. And, you know, you look forward to shutting the fans up just because it's a game within a game. Uh, no doubt. Rob, I got a question for you that just I'm thinking about now because I'm I'm thinking about when I was sitting in the crowd. Do you remember that Ohio State game? At home? Yeah. 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 That was one of the best games I've ever watched. It's, what it's was going through un- your head during that most, game? It's one of the most unfortunate results in the history of, I think, my life. Um, yeah, I, I mean, oh, so here's here's what's crazy about that. Hey, y'all lost and, and that I, game? We yeah. lost, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I did. No, I thought y'all won. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we definitely can talk about it. Um yeah, I mean, I, I hit eight threes in the first half. Ohio State stayed in the zone. They are playing one through one, and they literally just weren't guarding me. You know, like, and I've got a story about that, which I'm going to tell you after this. But the second half, Evan Turner was amazing. I, I mean, yeah. and actually, there was a play he made in the first half that I, I still like him debating whether he did it intentionally or not because I got switched on to him on the left side of the floor. And I went back and I looked it up like a few weeks ago because I wanted to see. And I'm still debating if he – I don't I don't think he did it on purpose, but at the time I, I did. So he's driving left from the left 
and I, I moved my feet as well as I could. Like Evan Turner was a problem. Kramer wasn't big enough to really guard him. Yeah. I wasn't fast enough, enough, shifty enough to come. You know, I, I think Lewis, did you guard him a lot? I um, didn't. I didn't get to play him that game. I was still hurt. I got to play him at Ole The State. next game in Columbus, yeah. did you guard him? Yeah, but he definitely you was. Just, you just went under. We went under on every ball screen. Yeah. Yeah. Which probably was the best way to guard him with you or KG, I would say, or, or Kramer going under. But so I'm sliding my feet and I cut him off and he goes to pull up and I can test this shot. And I might have blocked it. And at the end, he goes from shooting it to throwing it over his head and he throws it off the side of the backboard. So I turn to see where the ball is going, thinking it's a skip pass. It hits the backboard square and bounces right back to him over my shoulder, which I try <laughs> to like catch. And by the time I turn, he catches it and jays me from like 12 feet. I'm like, if he did that on purpose, that's the coldest move I've ever seen in my life. Like amazing. amazing. So, and then in the second half, he was unguardable. Like we turned yeah. it over some and he got it in transition. But like when he get going, and Evan got calls, too. I always say yeah. this. Like, this man would travel his ass off. And I'd always tell him this. When we were in Serbia, we were roommates together for USA Basketball. I'd be like, dude, are they ever going to call a travel on you? You walk everywhere. Like, your spin move to travel, you were yeah. always traveling. And he, he would just be like, man, yeah, right. But so I'm doing a game last year, the Purdue-Ohio game at Ohio. And Jeff Bowles is the coach at Ohio. Mm -hmm. He was an assistant for Ohio State back then. And I'm talking to him at shoot around, and he starts talking about that game. And he's like, you know, we stayed in that zone because you were only shooting 18% from three. And I was offended. <laughs> I'm still offended. I'm like, coach, they with all the due respect. I was like, coach, with all due respect, never in my life have I shot an 18% from three. I might not be good at a lot of things on the basketball court, but I, I am a good shooter. All right. So he's, he's, he doubles down. He doubles down again. So I'm with my broadcast partner, Kevin Brown, who does a lot of American games for ESPN. And shoot-around's over, and I go, dude, no freaking way I shot 18%. I'm going to go to the game logs. I'm going to find – I'll calculate my percentage out. And, dude, all right, I was shooting bad this time. I was shooting 29. But I told him, I was like, coach, I finished 30, like 36 and a half. Are you telling me that I made every shot the rest of the year to go from 17 all the way to 36? There's no way. And, dude, he was adamant. Oh, adamant. So That's Apparently, they thought I was shooting 16% from three. and thought, Even if I was, after the sixth make, you'd be like, all right, let's guard a man-to-man. -man. Like, let's, let's go to something else. Like, oh, man. John Diebler, his freshman year, everyone knew he was a great shooter. He shot, like – I don't want to be Jeff Bowles and throw a percent. He did not shoot good. His percentage was poor. But everybody knew that all it took was one game for him to make some, and he'd be exactly. hot. Like, that dude's got right. a flame for a jumper. So, and I'm not saying I'm as good a shooter as John because he's an elite shooter. But, I mean, after the sixth one, like, maybe you'd, you'd man up. But then we lost. So, it was, a, it was a crushing defeat. It was not good. Not a good one. I remember that game. I remember that game. That is funny. You were on fire. I could have swore y'all won. Yeah, I do I, remember. Now that when you said Etwan, I mean not Etwan, but you said Evan Turner was unguardable. I do remember that second half. That oh, second was, half was outrageous. Yeah, he, he looked he like a draft just, pick. He he just murder from like his pull up at the rim. He he was so effective at scoring the ball in the, 
Was he the best player that you guys played against in the Big Ten? Mm. Uh, at that time, yes. I mean, Draymond Green has had a better pro career, but Evan was a better college player than Draymond um, yeah. at that point. Draymond had a great senior year. Yeah. Um, but I still – he wasn't – I mean, Evan was national player of the year, like hands down. Right. There was no debating it. Um, who else in the league did we see that would have been – Manny I mean, Harris tough. Manny Harris was tough. Uh, that was that was my freshman year. We played them on senior night in Michigan. He couldn't miss nothing. Like oh yeah, well, that would have been after that would have been after he got ejected at Mackey. Hey, I, he I saw where uh, where Coach Painter and Coach Beeline had a little podcast, and Coach Beeline thought Kramer was faking that. I have to say, I was on the bench. I I didn't think he hit him either. Like yeah, yeah I was he in gets the crowd. And, <laughs> to the and he's bleeding profusely. So unless yeah, Kramer fell out like... or broke breaking his own nose, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Punching himself in the face. I, but I swear, from my angle, and Lewis, were you in the game? I nope. I missed that game because I had a concussion. That's when oh. all the elbows started flying. So I remember being on the <laughs> wait, was that post Joe Kravenhoff's elbow? Yeah, and Bo Ryan still thinks that's one of the cleanest screens ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, that was such a dirty play. That is so I crazy. Of now, well. if that happened today, he might get suspended. Yeah. Like, right. he would definitely get ejected. There's no way he wouldn't have gotten ejected. He played but the rest. There might be a suspension. And Eddie Hightower went over and looked at that. I was like, play on. <laughs> no foul. That's, that's incredible. That is, that is incredible. Yeah, y'all played against some good players. Rob, before uh, I got a couple questions before we get you out of here. If you had to put together all-time Coach Paint starting five, what you going? Players that play for Coach Paint. Yeah. Um, each one, Carson Edwards. God, we're not going to pass to anybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the team got to win. So it doesn't have to be the best player. So it's not like the five best players. It's like build a team is what you're saying. Give me the best team. Okay. Because right now I'm like, God, none of our bigs are ever going to touch the ball. Um, this, is a, this is a hard question. Like this is a really difficult question at this point. I mean, if we're looking at the best point guards, purely point guards that Coach Payne honestly, I'm rolling with – this is not because he's here. Like, Lewis Jackson was an elite point guard. I think he's the best point guard that Coach Painter has had. Um, you're welcome. So, I'm going to go Lewis, and then we're going to have – then I'm going to go Carson and Etwan at the two and three. Some junkyard dogs that can just score the ball. Um, we probably need some defense, so Biggie is scaring me a little bit with that. <laughs> we're running into some issues here. And there's maybe not enough shots to go around with the way he – I mean, he was a beast in college. God, this is a lot harder than I thought. Um, I get – yeah, Biggie, and then I'm going to go Juwan. I mean, Juwan was a first-team All-American. So, if that – I think that gives you scoring. I'm a little worried about our defense on the wings. I mean, Etuan by the, by the end, was a really good defender. Um, mm -hmm. Carson, you know – he was, he was out there to score. Um, but at least we got Lewis to jam guy. the ball. I know he's going to do that. He's going to distribute. We got JJ to clean it up. 
and uh, Vicky's going to get every rebound. So that'd be my starting five. What you got, Lou? I'm going. I said I'm putting Etwan. I had Etwan in my point. My bigs. I had AJ Hammonds. I had I moved Juwan to the four because then I can move Rob to the three. I can actually move Rob to the three. Mm. Etwan, and I took you because I needed a defender. And Etwan might not pass the ball as much, but he will pass it. But I know you'll lock down defend. Rob's going to do everything. Rob will do what he needs to do. Juwan naturally can move back to the four because he can shoot it, athletic. And then I got AJ back there. Uh, yeah, that's that's my fault. Love Carson, but that's I got part about. My bad, Lou. Sorry, I cut you no, off. Go, go ahead. I was just saying I love Carson, but it's just I know I got buckets with each one, so I need other guys to fill that role. And I know with you, like a lot of people, I think sometimes when we we used to joke, and I always tell guys like Rob Holmes was a top fifteen player, bar the injuries. Like I used to always joke, and I used to always wonder. Coach Lush used to always scream at me. It's behind you. It's behind you. And I'm like, yo, Rob is just back there shooting the three. It's not behind me. But then I started understanding, like, yo, you give Rob the ball in this closeout, he's either going to knock the three down, he can put it on the ground, he's willing to make the right play. Like, he's always made the right play, and he just fit every system. So I started understanding how valuable Rob was. Probably, like, the third week of my freshman year. I just thought Coach Lust for a while loved him. But then I started truly understanding. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Lust is my hype man. He, he was. Me up. He was, but because I was, he was, he was in charge of me. He was in charge of watching <laughs> film with me, and he had to hype me up. I was his guy. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, that's my that's my five. It's a, it's a hard exercise. That's a, that's a tough one though because Coach Painters had so many good players. Like it yeah, used to yeah. not be, and I mean, as you obviously stayed a place longer, that's going to happen. But, man, we didn't even talk about Carl Landry or David Teague right. or Chris Kramer. Like, yeah. Those guys are beasts. Like, those are those are yeah. studs, you know? Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. But, now, um, for Rob, with you, I appreciate you joining us, man. And, Lou, as always, appreciate you jumping in with us. Rob, I know I had a few questions for you from Twitter. <laughs> Just a couple. Oh, boy. Nothing Here crazy. We go. It was another one. I picked a good one. Just picked a good one. Someone did have a question. Just asked about censored the bad ones. <laughs> but uh, someone had a good one. I like this one. They said they would love to hear the insights on how everyone's getting an extra year of eligibility due to COVID. So how with that? How do how do we think that's going to impact rosters moving forward? If guys don't, yeah, if they want to stay in the same grade and actually use eligibility. That, that's that's a great question. Like, I guess it depends on like what are your pro aspirations, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, what what are your thoughts on doing after school? Um, a guy like Travion Williams, I would assume he'd be like, you know, I, he's got a chance to play in the NBA. I, I do believe that, but I, I wouldn't say he's like a lock to to be an NBA player either. But certainly, he's a guy that if he's not in the NBA, could be very effective overseas. I've seen guys that have his skill set and kind of are built like him that are playing EuroLeague for 14 years and, and make $15 million, you know, and have great careers. Um, so I guess it just depends. Like, is he a guy that wants to maybe put that off one more year to come back and go to the Final Four? Um, you know, Sasha has a Serbian passport. That makes him very 
attractive overseas um, for any of us that have played over there. You understand yeah. just how valuable that is. That's a game changer. Um, so certainly, you know, he's got that. Eric Hunter is a guy that can play, I think, overseas as well. Um, do they want to stick around, you know? And then I think it also – the interesting part of it to me is, like, how are these schools going to, like, pay for it? Not that there's not money there to do it, because there certainly is, but, you know, how, how are they going to take that financial burden? That's probably more of a football question, because there are so many guys on the team compared yeah. to basketball where it would be two or three guys. But that scholarship's not free either, you know? <laughs> it's like somebody's got to pay for it. Um, but I do think it's so interesting that, like, you can play, and it's just like – like Paint said it on our, our podcast uh, a couple of days ago, like, we're going to have, like, seven freshmen technically next year. And four of them have played, like, major minutes. Right. So it, it is going to be really interesting. Um, have a year where potentially you could have, like, 17 dudes on the team on scholarship, um, which is – I mean, think about how deep Purdue is going to be next year. You had Caleb wild. first. You had Trey Kaufman. And, I mean, you've got four freshmen now. You still don't have Ethan a senior. Morton, I think everything you hear about Ethan Morton is, like, it might not be going well from now, but you got him get healthy and get some confidence and get in the weight room. could be a game changer for him. And then the other three freshmen are playing a lot, plus all the other guys. You know, you talk mm -hmm. about Sasha and Travion and Eric. That's – you're already at, like, nine or ten. So, it's – they're gonna have like eleven dudes that could play next year. They could really, they could really compete for minutes. That practice, the practice, yeah, is practice be fun. Four. Yeah. <laughs> Those <laughs> open jumps in the summertime gonna be crazy. Seriously. No, nah. nah, but fellas, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I mean, I appreciate you guys joining us. I know I learned a lot as always, Lou. Always when you join us, Rob. I look forward to you just checking in with us throughout the rest of the season. Uh, for everybody listening. Make sure you tune tune in to our YouTube when we drop the video. Tune in next week to, to our next podcast. But in the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the Boiler Over Rayfield Davis podcast on all streaming platforms. Brought to you by the Field of 68 Podcast Network. Until next time, Boiler Up, big game on Saturday. Hopefully we can bounce back and get a win. But, I mean, speaking with two living legends right now, I know for me, like I said, growing up in high school, these are the guys I watched. These are the guys that taught me what Purdue basketball was. I was at that Duke game. I was at that Ohio State game. I was at that Michigan game. All these games you guys are saying, it's like I was committed to Purdue for too long because I was at all of them. <laughs> the <laughs> so, longest commitment in the history of college basketball. Rayfell Davis. We're a loyal dude right here. We're a loyal dude. <laughs> we raised you from the womb pretty much. But now I appreciate you fellas. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and boiler up to everybody out there with you.